reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for Welcome to another Talking Giants player profile and preview. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, coming to you live, previously recorded here with Danny King. Danny, how are you doing? How are you ready to get into Kevin Zeitler and Tay Davis? I'm doing good. And I mean, these are Kevin Zeitler is a very big guy, you know, so I'm, I'm really ex- excited to dive a little deeper into Kevin Zeitler and Tay Davis. Who doesn't like little Tay Davis in their life? B.J. Goodson doesn't like Tay Davis. That's who doesn't. That, that is very true. That is very B. true. B.J. Goodson is very well maybe out of a job. Um, so if you're new to this, uh, while camp is going on and preseason is going on, we you know we have our regular episodes, which is where we usually gain new listeners from. But what we're doing is these is every day, you know, three times a week, besides our two regular shows, we do two players, one offense, one defense. We spend about 10 minutes or so on each, just kind of going into their stats, what we expect out of them. Um, things that you know stand out on film, and sometimes struggles. Very rarely, Michael Thomas like kind of went back, like you know, dug into a little bit. But besides that, we're usually pretty positive. In fact, that's like our number one criticism is that we're too positive. But today we got two guys that I'm happy to be positive about: Kevin Zeitler, and we'll start with him. Kevin Zeitler, six four, three fifteen. He's twenty nine years old. He was a first round pick by the Bengals. Um, he's coming out of came out of Wisconsin. He was with the Browns. Uh, this was a, just a, a steal of a trade, and I know that it all gets lumped into the Odell Beckham trade, Danny, but in reality, it wasn't. To be able to trade Kevin Zeitler for Olivier Vernon, who we were already going to cut, is just an unbelievable steal. I, I know he has a, uh, a $10 million contract, but not only that, he's 29 years old, he's missed eight games in his entire career in seven seasons, yet we got him for somebody that we were getting ready to cut. No, yeah, Ovi, he had no future on his team, and Dave Gummel was somehow able to turn it around for Kevin Zeitler. For, the Browns and Giants, they were, as, as we know, they were doing deals this offseason. That was, it, in the, it was that combine, I'm not sure if you remember that combine, it was Dave Gummel and John Dorsey just sitting there talking, they were just discussing deals, and this is, in my opinion... Uh, between the because I'm um, considering Jabril Peppers and Odell and that first round pick together, but I'm looking at the players mainly for Jabril and Odell and Ovi and Zeitler. I like this trade the most because offensive line has been horrendous, and we got arguably one of one of the best right guards in the league. Still, uh, he's still pretty young, so or well, not young, but he's still very he's playing at a high level at right guard and he just the moment you got him your offensive line improved by a mile no matter what as good as Jamon Brown was Kevin Zeidler is a million times better than Jamon Brown I'm so surprised the Browns got rid of him in a they, they drafted Austin Cobert that's because the old regime 
gave Kevin Zeller this contract in the new regime, didn't I guess didn't want to keep paying him that money. But I feel like that could be a mistake because if you got Kevin Zeller out there, you are guaranteeing a quality protection for your quarterback, and he will open up running lanes. So I'm with you. I think the Giants got a steal in this trade. Yeah, and guards are are really undervalued in the NFL now. Um, it's definitely easier to play than tackle. But it's just as important, and some would argue more important. And, you know, I was listening to Damian Woody a month ago, and I think I mentioned this when we talked about Will Hernandez, that guard play is just as important as tackle play now because, you know, ta- like obviously the best defenders come off the edge, but you could kind of dodge them where if you got pressure coming off the middle in your face, you really got nowhere to go. So, and especially with a, a, an immobile quarterback in Eli Manning and Daniel Jones, who's mobile, but he operates from the pocket 93% of the time. So uh, he's really important. And like you said, man, he's a beast. He is so freaking good. He does everything right. The guy's a technician. He's a psycho. I mean, we saw uh, his wife, you know, share that video that, by the way, we're the one who got getting clout to it by retweeting it. No big deal. Just pat ourselves on the back a little bit, but a lot of it. Um, um, but, you know, like it was like, I don't know what holiday it was, like 4th of July or something. And, she, you know, she posts a video and he's doing pr- pr- uh, pass sets in the kitchen. The guy's a psycho. And in a good way, I love it. I, I think he's a guy who just loves the game of football. I think he's going to be a, a, a vocal leader on this offensive line. And he's just like like slow and steady wins the race. Like he doesn't blow you away. He doesn't, he's not a pulling guard. Uh, you know, he doesn't do anything like that, like makes you go, wow. But he just is really good, especially in the pass pro, more, more so than the run. He does really good in the run. But in pass protection, you can count on him every single down. No matter who the defender is. No, and to your example of guards being undervalued, I, I know people are not. Some people are probably going to be a fan of. The, well, some people do like him, but if you look at him, the Dave Gellman was not willing to play pay Justin Pugh, and he in turn got Patrick Omae. You saw how while Justin Pugh is an amazing, I firmly believe he is better than Patrick Omae, but he didn't play that well in Arizona. And then once he got a quality guard, look how much the offensive line improved. Jamon Brown helped improve Chad Wheeler, and he just helped improve the line as a whole and made him more stable. And so he went out and got the best right guard in the league. And for, yeah, as you said, the guy is in phenomenal shape. The guy is jacked. He's missed eight games in seven years. That, eight. That, that, that is insane. He just he one just takes such good care of his health, and he he just has the formula to succeed. And yeah, that hit, what is uh, Mrs. Eidler posted? That is the guy. He's he's not he's all about football. She says sometimes even just like when they're in the grocery store, he just randomly breaks out to like a little exercise. The guy lives. Dude, it's busy. it's like he just started playing football <laughs> as a little kid, and he like wears his helmet around. The guy, like you said, dude, he's a football head, and, yeah. and I I love that man. Uh, especially at the offensive line position, probably more than other. Like, we need guys like that. And I think he's going to really help uh, one Mike Remmers, who I guess would be the biggest question mark on the offensive line at this point, uh, and Jalapio. I think Jalapio is just going to have it made in the shade, being sandwiched between Hernandez and Zeitler. Kevin Zeitler just lives and breathes football. If there was no such thing as football, what, what would Kevin Zeitler be doing? What, he just going to sit there on his couch? I mean, he's going to have to do something. He, he just can't stand still. on the still. fields. I could totally see Kevin Zeitler just out there plowing the fields, going out. The corn in Wisconsin. 7 a.m. and just, like, tilling the fields, just doing all the farming work. I can now just – I need, like, a Photoshop of Kevin Zeitler just working the farm. I just need that now in my life. We, all right, Photoshop people, get Danny King. Uh, please, please do it. Um, 
Yeah, so like as far as like his play style, he uses his hands amazing. Probably the most impressive thing to me is his footwork. His fit, his footwork is impeccable. Um, you know, he doesn't he just doesn't make mistakes, and he's a technician, and that's what you need out of the offensive line. It's not these guys who are going to bench seven hundred pounds. We just you need guys that are, are technicians with their hands and their feet, and they both work together. So many times you get a guy who's got good hands, but his feet don't work with it, and vice versa. But Kevin Zeidler puts the whole package together, and he's just completely solid. And he's just you can always count on Zeidler, and that's why he was ranked as the best pass blocking guard in the NFL last year by Pro Football Focus. So I don't want to go too into it, but nonetheless, like he impressed last year and his whole career. Yeah, I, Kevin Zeidler, he has such a firm base and it's so hard to drive against him. While, yeah, some people are able to drive against him, most of the time he will stop you in his tracks. As you said, he was one of the highest. Wait, was he the highest rated guard for pro football focus? I didn't hear that part. I don't know, but I'm just going to say he is. I don't, yeah, I, don't, I don't look at pro football focus, to be yeah, honest. We're not the biggest fan. of. We, we do use it, but we, do, we don't use it as like the Bible. We just use our own opinions in that aspect. But, no, he is such... His base is, as I said, his base is firm. It is hard to drive against this guy. If you go back and look at Cleveland Browns games, him and Joe Thomas were such a anchor on that offensive line. If it wasn't for those two, the offensive line would have been even more horrendous than it already was. So, just as you said, Kevin Zeller is going to only make Mike Remmers better. They're going to build that chemistry, and they will hopefully be the anchor of the right side. Then you got Will Hernandez and Nate Solder be the anchor of the left side. So, I'm with you. The two question marks on this offensive line are Mike Remmers and John Jalapio. The and they Hernan- get to be around Kevin Zeitler, which is great. So that, Yeah, that's the thing. Like Kevin uh, Will Hernandez, as much as we said he better from Nate Solder, he has now the best the best right guard in the league. He has the two different positions, right guard and left guard, but they ultimately do the same thing. They're just on a different side of the ball. So I am so happy that Will wow. Hernandez will get to learn from Kevin Zeitler. I This may be my bias beginning, but I really think we're going to have the best guard combo in the NFL this year. Um, and I, I think I said that with Will Hernandez, and I asked people to prove me wrong because I'm not going to go through every guard combo in the NFL. But I, I really do because, one, I believe in Will Hernandez and then Kevin Zeitler um, more so. But, Danny, why don't you tell us about his little false start stuff? It, it, it's very – yesterday, I, I – now because of Dan Duggan, I had to go look at it. And yesterday he posted a video. If you, if you go look at Dan Duggan's Twitter account, he posted a video of Kevin Zeitler. When they sat down, all of a sudden he does like a hop. But, like, it's not, like, a, like a little hop. It is, like, a big hop in this video. And so now I'm sitting there. I'm like, I've never seen this before. So today uh, I go and look at the tape, and I'm not seeing it. But then every once in a while he does the hop, but it is so, so tiny. But so yesterday in, in practice they were calling it. He said he's been doing it since the seventh grade. But for some strange reason he was doing it more prominent yesterday because – for all his career as playing guard, it has never been called, or it's been probably been called, but it hasn't been called to apparently the extent it was yesterday. So, I'm gonna have to now week this coming game. I'm gonna have to look at Kevin Zeidler see does he do a hop? Does he do a major hop? Maybe he just wasn't aware he was overdoing it in practice, but it was causing false starts. And I know he it, he's been doing it. It's just like a routine to do like a little hop, but. It was way over exaggerated than it ever has been in the tape I looked at. Maybe I was looking at games, and maybe he just decided not to do it. But it it, it could turn into a problem. But for for the past however many years he's been in the league, it hasn't been an issue until yesterday. So that that's very strange to see. Well, in that a lot of times that's just teams trying to enforce stuff. What was which was funny is because you brought it up to me, and I was like, oh, I know what you're talking about because when I thought in the in the preseason film, I was like, man, I'm. 
Really surprised I didn't call a false start there. So, yeah, I, it was funny that you brought it up to me. And now, like you said, where it's, it's going to be like when you buy a car and you notice you notice that everyone else has that car. I'm going to be noticing like crazy. In fact, I might have to put a, a, a compilation together for it. Um, I keep on writing these checks or compilation videos, but I'm, I'm going to have to do it for this. Hey, uh, you're, I, I just have to see. Like, uh, Maybe I'll go and look back week one's game and week two and just see if he does it because – I, I have never noticed it until Duggan posted it yesterday. Now, because of Duggan, I'm now going to be looking for that in week three, and I'll probably go back and check uh, week one and two since I've got nothing better to do the next few days. So it, it's so strange, though, that, it, it, as I said, it probably has been called, but yesterday it was very prominent. He was making it well-known that he was moving on that line. And maybe sometimes he does it, and obviously he's trying to do it probably to draw an opponent off sides, but maybe in games he's just so down low, maybe he does it so little, and but then the defensive lineman moves and it causes the flag. So it's just something we're going to have to monitor and see, will it become a problem, or does it just disappear? Maybe they're just trying to do something in practice. Yeah, it'll be... Uh... It's going to show it's going to show up like crazy now. All right, so let's take a quick break and then we'll cover Tay Davis. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, Tay Davis, middle linebacker, second year in the NFL, undrafted free agent last year out of University of Tennessee, Chattanooga, but he made the team. He played three years of safety at the University of Tennessee Chattanooga, moved over to linebacker his senior year, and then obviously came into the NFL as a middle linebacker. I've got to interview Tay twice. I like him. Um, he's, he's a guy I like to talk about. In fact, his real name is actually Octavius, which is such a cool name. Like, you, like Tay, you need to go by Octavius more. Octavius um, I actually, Davis. I interview, I'm bigger than Tay Davis, and I interviewed him in the back of a small car at the Pro Bowl and pouring cold rain. It was pretty miserable, but, you know, like, he agreed to it, and I think he immediately uh, was regretting that when it happened. Um, so, Tay Davis, <laughs> I like him a lot. I, I think I kind of have been a homer for him at times, but I just like – any time a guy changes positions, it, it, all, it just automatically intrigues me. Um, and so that was it at first. So, last year, he, he played decent. He started four games towards the end of the year. He had uh, 33 tackles on the season, two tackles for a loss four QB hits and two sacks, and then one pass uh, deflected. Um, the thing with Tay, though, is he has all the athletic ability. Like, when you watch him run, it's pretty cool. Like, if he's ever on, like, punt team, just watch him sprint down the field. It's actually something, like, pretty cool to watch that that guy's that linebacker, how fast he gets down the field with his strides. But his issue it, last year was he wasn't instinctive. He didn't trust his gut. Um he didn't. He he was always kind of late to the party in the run game. Um, out of what we've seen in preseason, that has gotten a lot better. It really has. It hasn't. It's not like amazing, but you can see a clear improvement from last year to this year. Um, the past stuff we'll, we'll talk about uh, in a little bit. But as far as like the run game, like he hasn't been blowing me away. He doesn't have Ryan Connolly instincts and, and aggressiveness towards the ball, but it's definitely been improved pretty significantly. Danny. Oh yeah, uh, on. Just him being an undrafted free agent, I've been hammering this home 
the undrafted free agent class of 2018 was quite good. You got Grant Haley, who turned out to be a starter. Tay Davis, who will most likely be starting next. He will be on the team. He beat out B.J. Goodson, which I had in my whole offseason. That's going to be B.J. Goodson probably getting the better of Tay Davis. But look at him now. Tay Davis is going to probably get B.J. Goodson kicked off this team. You got Nick Gates, who I've just found out recently was a 2018 undrafted free agent. You got Sean Chandler. So that, that class was very good for the Giants. They got some good depth pieces, and they got two quality starters. But I'm a few. Tay Davis, he made his name on special teams, and he did a good job, and he worked his way into a starting role. And that, that Colts game was the game where I really noticed Tay Davis make his mark. And, yeah, his stats, 33 total tackles, two for a loss, one pass defending, four QB hits. It was very good for a guy who didn't play. or He had 14 games, but he only started four of them. Uh, but he's just more faster than out. That that's not a take at all. But Ogletree sucks at covering tight ends. But Tay Davis, he, he th- there's no light way to put it about how like Ogletree right there. Tay Davis, he is very versatile. If you have, if you need to put Tay Davis up against George Kittle, I would feel more comfortable with that than Tay. No, I would even. Alec Ogletree struggled to cover like even the slowest of tight ends. Tay Davis can keep up with these tight ends. If you, if you want to, you could put a Tay Davis on a George Kittle-type player, and he will do his job. But this year, we have Jabril Peppers to handle that role. I'm just, while I'm not over the moon about Tay Davis, he's a good depth piece to have, and he's just a guy you can rely on in, in your defense. In coverage, he has all the ability in the world. He really does. Uh, he's one of the few guys, though, at middle linebacker that you'll ever see that I think is better in man coverage than zone coverage. A lot, and that you know that's where that safety pedigree comes, you know, comes into play. When you pin him on man on a running back, that running back isn't getting more than a few yards. It's just not happening. Um, and we saw we got to see a little bit of that in the Jets preseason game where they pin him in man on on their running backs, and he did a really good job. Never let those guys get past him. Um, in zone. It's kind of the same. Now, this was from last year, so I hope it's gotten a little better. Although, in the preseason, it didn't look great. Although, you're running very bland defenses. You're just kind of like, all right, get to your zone and play it. Um, there was some stuff that got uh, underneath them in, like, cover two stuff. Uh, but as a whole, like, when you put him in man, he can stick with guys. Um, you know, like you mentioned, like, uh, George Kittle. Like, yeah, he's not going to shut down George Kittle or anything. But he can do um, a, as good a job as anybody, at least I think, in man coverage. Um so, but he just like the same way with his run game. He needs to be more aggressive in, in the zone defense. Um, you know, find a guy, plant your foot, and cover that guy. Um, the one bad play on his, which I don't even consider the bad play, is when Jameson Crowder. There was just so much time in the pocket, and Jameson Crowder is just standing in front of him, and it's like, okay, this guy can just pick whichever way he goes. There's no, there's not a defender in the NFL who's going to be able to stick with him. Um, so yeah, I, I like to see him pop guys a little more, but I, I'm happy with him uh, as a and man coverage, which. In this in this blitzing scheme, he's going to be in man coverage a lot. So I think that's why the Giants and James Betcher love him a lot because of his versatility and the fact that you can line him up with man coverage uh, on a on a tight end, a running back, and you could pit him out. Um, you could split him wide when you have to when there's a slot receiver out in the zone. So like like I said, he's really versatile. That's what the Giants value, and myself as well. That's that's the kind of stuff I value in a linebacker. That's why he's beating out Tay Davis. Tay, I mean, uh, that's why Tay Davis is beating out B.J. Goodson. Uh, B.J. Goodson is not versatile. He, he's the power guy. Tay Davis is the versatile guy. And, yeah, you're right. He, he is very good at man coverage. It's very hard to shake Tay Davis as a tight end. So, that as you just said, that's why he's going to be on this roster. His versatility helped him, and 
James Betcher sees him as a key contributor to this. Now, Tay Davis, he's feeling under the weather. Obviously, that's nothing, so he should be back within the next two days. But let's say he he's not in the this week's preseason game, and say BJ Goodson makes any noise. Do you, uh, this is not really the Tay Davis, but do you see any chance BJ Goodson makes his team? I don't, but do you see I, any chance of make, making the game? team? Possibly, because I I wouldn't mind having BJ Goodson over uh, Nate Stupar. Uh, but that that leads to a good point. What about Ryan Connolly? Do you see um, Ryan Connolly starting over him week one? Because I think that's a chance now with what Ryan Connolly has shown, and very little in preseason. But obviously Ogletree's starting. I know people will be like, oh, could maybe they both start and Ogletree could be a backup. That's, that's not going to happen. Ogletree will be a starter week one. But I think that Connolly might be able to fit his way in there in the starting lineup over uh, Tay Davis, which doesn't mean Tay Davis isn't going to play. He's still going to get plenty of reps. But I could see them possibly maybe wanting to use Connolly a little more. Yeah, they, they did not get out of Ogletree on this team to set him on the bench week one. He is a defensive leader and he's going to be out there. But today when Tay Davis was under the weather, uh, it wasn't B.J. Goodson that got first team reps. It was Nate Stupar that took Tay Davis' spot. And who's been taking out Golgotry's spot? Ryan Connolly. So, yeah, they are very high on Ryan Connolly. And, and there's reasons to believe that. Some people have said he could be the Giants' uh, Van Der Esch. And as I said, if we can get our own Van Der Esch, I would love that. Because Van Der Esch, as much as I hate him since he's on the Cowboys, I got to respect him because he's a very quality linebacker. So... I could totally see Ryan Connolly. So I think that's how it's going to be. Ryan Connolly's going to start over Tay Davis, but Tay Davis is probably going to beat out BJ Goodson. If I have to guess, the linebackers is going to be Alec Ogletree, Tay Davis, Ryan Connolly, and Nate Stupar. That's my choices right there. And even if Ryan Connolly does start over Tay Davis, Tay Davis will be on the field on third down. That's, yeah, yeah, 100%. That was the plan for him originally, and then he was just way better than BJ Goodson. They put him into just a full time starter. Um, and now that Ryan Connolly has been emerging and doing a little better, um, I'm not ready to anoint the kid yet. But what we said in the offseason that we uh, that we liked out of him, he's been showing. You know, his aggressiveness, his able to, ability to cause chaos in a hole um, where Tay Davis doesn't really have that ability. But nonetheless, uh, Tay Davis, I think, will be used on third down. Although I do like Connolly in coverage, but yeah. Like I said, it doesn't matter who start the other guy's gonna get some uh, run this year. And plus, how many times at middle linebacker do we see our, our ourselves using our seventh guy eventually? Injuries kind of work these guys into the lineups eventually, anyways. No, yeah, T- yeah, I'm 100 with you. Tay Davis is gonna be the, our third down guy. Be- it just his versatility sets him apart from so many linebackers on this team. That's why he's gonna be on this team, but. Alex, you injuries happen. He'll find his way onto the field starting some games. Alec Gogoltree, he missed some games last year due to a concussion after that hit Mario delayed on him. He's dealing with the calf issues right now. He, he's expected to be ready to go by week one, which is good. But, uh, Tay Dave, it, yeah, if it ever does come down to it, like, in, like say, Alec Gogoltree goes down for, like, another calf injury, it will be uh, Ryan Connolly, Tay Davis. No way they will put Nate Stupar or Stuper out there. How do you say his name? I say Stupar out there in replacement of Alec Ogletree. This is a practice. And plus, they, Nate Stupar will be on this team mainly for the special teams role. But if they are desperately in need of a linebacker, they can throw him out there. But if Ogletree goes down, it will be Connolly and Tay Davis as the duo out there. All right. So that's it for Kevin Zeitler and Tay Davis. We appreciate you guys listening, hoping you're enjoying the show. We've been enjoying making these so so close to some real NFL football, some week one stuff. So get pumped. Hope you're enjoying these. If you've missed any of these, 
binge listen to them. They're quick, easy, um, and you know, you'll learn a little more about each part of the team, or at least the ones that matter. So until next time, folks, let's go big blue. you just heard was made using anchor ever thought about making your own podcast anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started it's a one-stop shop for recording hosting and distributing podcasts best of all it's a hundred percent free sign up now at anchor.fm slash new that's anchor.fm slash new to get started